that. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rare room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. Any topic. Even the random. Yeah, I hope that you're ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the rambling. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what? 1,015. Oh, 1,015. Dang it. 1,015. I know. We're so used to saying 1,015. We're so used to saying 100. You can say it with us, John. No, I'm just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get this so one day. let me do day. it one more time. All right, here we go. One more game. On the Rant Room, mm-hmm. we keep it street, yeah. we keep it opinionated, mm-hmm. we keep yeah. it what? One thousand and fifteen. All right. <laughs> moving on up, people. So on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft. Yes. Shit like that. Yes. The mm-hmm. important stuff. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Without it, we actors ain't shit. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you got no words. I mean, <laughs> Y'all just be standing up looking stupid. Okay, just just like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Look like a fool. Mm-hmm. Just humming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, somebody write something for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just a paragraph. Okay. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, on the show, we discuss entertainment, you know, TV, shit like that. And. I know y'all just heard her voice over there acting all silly and stuff. That's my girl, Lisa B. Lisa Bullock. Lisa Kasha. B. LB. LB now? The old school wannabe race woman. <laughs> the race woman. Professional okay. agitator. 69 woman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was born much too late. I probably should have been hey, born. Hey, John, she said, power, power to the people. Power. That's right. That's right. She won the militants. Okay. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. So, you know what? Fuck it. Let's yeah. just go on Let's in, go on on in. Up in in this one right All here. Right. So check it out, y'all. On this show, we have my man, my big brother. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> about to cough over here. My big brother, John Wesley, y'all. Glad to be back. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Good to Character see you. actor. Mm-hmm. I, I like to call him legendary because you've okay. been in fucking every guy. Yes. I've been around. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he been, I've been around. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the white folks been good to me. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? So this is going to be our part two with John because um, we spent a lot of time getting into like how we got to where he got to. So now we're going to talk about the work. Some of the work. And then yeah. we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the book. Because mm. right. I think that's some real important shit. Right how there. many countries this goes out to? Probably in about... 17 countries? Then this book is probably released in your country because it's oh, released really? internationally. Mm-hmm. Amazon enrolls like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, no. They he call, got that pimp status, they, y'all. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> now, that ain't me. That's Mr. Guillaume. <laughs> no, no, really. They called the house right after they got the book mm-hmm. and told Robert, they said, listen, we know everywhere you've been throughout the world and wherever you've been, we're releasing the book. Oh, nice. Well, the man been all over the world. So, okay. yeah. And I know they don't normally do that, but mm-hmm. you're talking about Robert Guillaume. Right. Sure. right. Well, just so y'all, for the listeners who don't know, um, let me just set it up right quick. Go ahead. And then brother. we'll get into the story. We'll get into what we're talking about. So, what we're talking about is John Wesley and um, the icon, Robert Guillaume, they have a new book out called, I can't even speak straight. They have a new <laughs> book out called Take a Look at Yourself, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Secrets <laughs> and Musings. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You can Secrets and Musings. 
Take a Look at Yourself by Robert Guillaume, narrated by John Wesley. Who's that John Wesley dude? I don't know who that fool is. <laughs> he got his name on that book. <laughs> okay, you can do anything if you got money. Okay. You, you see what I'm that. saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's America. Okay. He gave Robert a five, and he's like, go ahead, mm-hmm. put your name on it. <laughs> That's American capitalism, there y'all. <laughs> so in the last um, episode, for those of you who don't know, we talked a lot about his background and stuff. He just had... Y'all should go back and listen to that episode. There's yes. just so much game mm-hmm. on the industry, on what was going on in the 60s, on <laughs> your blackness. Okay, mm-hmm. he was, I was getting nothing but game. And I, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. You, know what I'm saying? you know, you sent that to me, mm-hmm. and you told me, you said, you know, I was really touched by this. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well... All right, I'm gonna listen to it. He wasn't even gonna listen to first. I know he's gonna talk to us. <laughs> I really want. Like, no, no, I really, I didn't want to hear myself talk. <laughs> but you know what? There was a couple of things in there. I got kind of touched by it. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, "Okay, Jay Wesley, <laughs> talk that talk, boy." <laughs> no, there was some good stuff we covered. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really pretty, pretty was, proud was, of that episode, right. actually. Me too. Right. It was definitely at the top of one of my favorites. We didn't talk about the work, though. But we can just get into the work. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can just get into the work. But you know what? People who mm-hmm. listen to that episode will love mm-hmm. this one because mm-hmm. now they know who you are. Mm-hmm. So when we start talking about the project, mm-hmm. then we can really expand right. on it, right? right. So right. let's go back to what was the first job that you eventually got once you guys moved to Hollywood. Ah. Oh, when we got to Hollywood, the first job I got here was uh, on a... A show called Night Rider. It is some guy with his talking car. Uh, for, for the young people, if you listen to the, one of the Missy Elliott songs uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Timberland, they mm-hmm. use the old Night Rider beat. That's for you it's '90s babies. But for us classic people, we know what Night Rider is. <laughs> but David Hassel, we know what That's that is. Right. That's right. <laughs> well, the, the good thing about it was it was one of my first jobs, and so they they gave me uh, an. Ex- I thought an extraordinary amount of money, $1,250 a day. Mm-hmm. And I thought, whoa, I've got three lines in this thing. They're paying me all this money like this. I'm in the wrong business, y'all. Well, tur- <laughs> yeah, well, it, it turns out they booked me for a Monday, mm-hmm. but they didn't get around to my shot until Friday. That's happened to me. So you know what kind of money I made. So they called me. Now the, they got to pay you a weekly fee. Yeah. Well, no, mm-mm. Now, they called and said, can we change it to a weekly? And my wow. agent said, no, okay. you can't. So they had to pay me. Oh, <laughs> daily. That's, he so, had a good agent. That's yes, why. that's a good agent. Yeah, no, that's I'm true. so sorry, but this you know, contract. <laughs> look, I got the weekly bit. Yeah. You know, it, it is kind of important that you have a good agent. Right? Yeah. Because the agents protect us. We don't know what we're doing. We come to go to work. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything about the business or very little. And those agents, uh, I, you're right, I had a good agent. I went down to read for something at the Mark Taper Forum, and, uh, and they liked me. Mm-hmm. So they wanted me to come in and, and, and uh, understudy a, an actor named David Downing. Mm-hmm. And uh, my agent very quickly said, oh, no, he didn't understudy anybody. He replaces people. <laughs> right, right. Now, now, let me tell you all something. I was, I, all like set, I was all set to run over there and get me a job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? Uh-huh. And I thought, naively, mm-hmm. that that's how you work your way into the family. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't at all. If you if you'd have went in as a uh, understudy, that's the only thing they'll call you mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. But my agent knew that mm-hmm. and very quickly dismissed that idea. And to show you guys how this works, I guess it was six months later they called me back in 
Oh, yeah, because it was around the time of the Olympic Arts Festival okay. here in 84. Mm -hmm. And they call me back in and hire me for two jobs. <laughs> you see, now come back to the agent. Right. He said, this guy don't do that. <laughs> call us when you got a gig. And they, and they did. There's a little more to this story. Mm -hmm. um, I was working with a very famous director on a piece called, uh, his name is Alan Schneider, mm -hmm. on a piece called Waiting for Godot, which was mm -hmm. a play he brought from f Paris or wherever he got oh, the play, okay. brought it to the country, mm -hmm. had it produced. And he and I and James Avery mm -hmm. were working on this piece. And in the some of the correspondence he sent me, he mentioned that he had talked to Gordon he called him Gordon D. <laughs> he talked to Gordon D about this tour we were going to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now, fast forward to me going into me. I grab that card that uh, Alan had sent to me. And I walk into the room. Gordon Davidson comes in. I said, Gordon D. <laughs> you know, I go right into right. it. He says, he looks at me. I said, and I hand him the card. Mm -hmm. So he sees what Alan has said. And he remembers. And he says, oh, you're John Wesley. Uh, okay. You know, I said, Okay. And so they read me, and then subsequently they hire me for two shows mm -hmm. in the rep. They've only had one repertory in the history of the theater, yeah. and that was 84. Mm -hmm. We did three plays in rep. Mm -hmm. But he always wanted his own company, but he knew it was impossible because we're Hollywood actors. Right. He can't sure. match these wages. Right. You know, and hey, you get a job, you yeah, got to you go. Right. You know, so... Yeah. But it, that was the one year we did. But anyway, that's just something mm -hmm. I thought I'd share, share with you. Yeah. So, so the first one you did was Knight Rider. Yeah. So you were, so were you going back and forth between theater and... Yeah, and I've always time? done that. I, I, I was afraid that Hollywood was going to turn. Mm. I'd been paying attention to the actors who went before me. And I, what happened to that guy? Mm -hmm. You didn't find yourself saying that. Mm -hmm. Man, you remember so forth and such and such? Whatever <laughs> happened to him? Mm -hmm. I'll give you a good one. Because mm -hmm. I was over there on Martin. Where is Tommy? Okay, look. Where is Carl, for that matter? I think he's to on, he was on some show. He was on some little, I don't know as, what it was. but it was forgettable. It was, some little, yeah. Yeah. It was forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. So, now, I've been watching that happen. For a long time, I was afraid to get a series mm -hmm. out of fear that once they've typecast you, yeah. you, can't get, yeah. you can't get no other work mm -hmm. after that. Mm -hmm. And the only ones who do work are the stars. Will Smith, mm -hmm. Martin Lawrence. Mm -hmm. yeah. They go on to have feature careers. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the people, look at the Fresh Prince. Yeah. You don't see any of those people. I just saw my wonderful man. You won that uh, Dancing with the Stars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Alfonso, yeah. Alfonso, I, yeah. Now he's behind the scenes. He's directing. He's, he's I, probably yeah, more money yeah. than he was before. Well, no. <laughs> I worked with him on, uh, what was it, All of All of oh, Us? Yeah. 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 Dwayne Martin's mm -hmm. show. Um, a little sidebar on that one. They did a very touching episode and for my fans out there, forgive me, but I played a gay dude in this. And well, I never played him gay, y'all. He was frisky. Whole <laughs> <laughs> terms. You know, me and he was just a little Yeah, he he had a, he had a little sugar in his blood, but he wasn't all the way like that. And I was going with Richard Pryor, but Richard Pryor, Richard Lawson. But the setup was. Richard was Dwayne's real biological father, and he didn't know who his father was. So he sets out to look for him, and he finds him. 
and he, he finds him, and then I walk in the house with a bag of groceries and get, <laughs> hello, honey, and I mm-hmm. give him a little peck on the mouth mm-hmm. and go on. And, and then they, they, they end the show on that, mm-hmm. and then they pick it up. Mm-hmm. It's actually a Thanksgiving show, oh, and it's really a show about, you guys know Glenn Turman was Correct. the stepfather. Right. So somewhere in the course of the show, Dwayne goes to him. He's got his real father there and so forth, and he says, you know, I know that's my real father and all, but you're the man who raised me. And mm. it was very, very touching. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so touching that when I saw the episode, I was not only moved by it, moved to call my own stepfather really? and tell him how much I loved him. Wow. Out of that episode. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you guys, while we were shooting it, I didn't know this Dwayne Martin guy. And I didn't like him. Because I thought he's the one who broke up Martin and Tish. <laughs> mm-hmm. get, get my oh, wife yeah, away yeah. from him. Uh-huh. That's a whole other story. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but because, uh, well, because we never knew what happened. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, he turns out this guy was very, very sharp. Mm-hmm. Very sharp because the show was, was really well made. Okay. Really was. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have to give him credit where credit is due. Because and, and, I've been on a lot of these shows. I started, my first half hour was um, The Jeffersons. Mm. Mm. What was that like? (laughs) Uh, I was a little nervous. I've always been, guys, a little bit conscious about image. Mm -hmm. And when you work them spook shows, you got to be very careful. Because they show like you to spook things up, as we call it. (laughs) Google spook show, people. (laughs) Learn your history. (laughs) And then, too, when you don't know any better, you're trying to get laughs. Mm -hmm. And that's a terrible mistake because mm-hmm. we need to rely on the writers. Right. Even if it don't work, right. we need to rewrite it. Right. But the actor runs the risk of making himself look stupid. Mm-hmm. What's he doing all that stuff in there? For? <laughs> that's not written in here. Where you get that from? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing, you know. But uh, we, I was playing some kind of pool hustler. And uh, she came in. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, the Jefferson guy had been, they, somebody wrote him, uh, had written him a, thre- a threatening letter, mm-hmm. going to beat him up or something. And, you know, so she comes into the pool hall to rescue her husband. She's <laughs> talking to me and some other mm-hmm. gangsters. And I remember uh, my little bit was, I'm betting this guy mm-hmm. that uh, sh- I could knock that. Then even this woman could knock the ball in or whatever it was. And, and I get talk her into it. Of course, she can't even hold a stick. But I mean, you know, mm-hmm. wheezy. That's who it was. And uh, but I remember that being my first bit. And since I didn't really know what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to be funny, but this ain't funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this guy is not. Mm-hmm. So I had to release that idea. And this idea about the if it's not in the writing, it's pretty hard unless you're a brilliant actor. To, because sure. look, I believe that w- me and the writer uh, are married. We're husband and wife on this till we get this thing up and in the camera and so forth. All y'all film actors, y'all hear this? this is, see, this is why you got to study in the theater. This is how this is how you feel about writing and shit. Oh right? yeah, well, and for those of you who don't know, it makes our job so much easier when it's good writing. Mm-hmm. We don't have to work so hard, guys. We can just show up, trust well, did, the t- did we just not say this in the mm-hmm. last episode? <laughs> when we were saying, you know, the casting is like, not, the rest of it, hey, cast is 90%. The rest is words. Mm-hmm. It, they, all they need to do is show mm-hmm. up and just say your stuff. Yes. Don't make yes. it difficult. Yes. 
It's true. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, we don't trust that. Most of us come in and say, what can I do to get the job? And, okay, here's the words. Now, what can I put on these words Mm -hmm. to get the attention? To stand out. To to stand (laughs) out. And it's a terrible mistake. Mm -hmm. Because you can really make yourself look like an idiot. (laughs) Well, yeah, because it's not in here. And uh, the people see it, Mm -hmm. especially the writer. Uh, speaking of writers, I'm uh, thinking about, I did an episode of Gabriel's Fire. Remember James Earl Jones' mm-hmm. series? And the writers had written something so magnificent. They had a little moment in there where there's an actress named Janet McLaughlin was playing my wife. And she goes out with James Earl. They go to have lunch together. I'm a doctor in this thing, and we have two sons. We've come to Chicago for uh, Thanksgiving. And it it's turns out, yeah, this holiday, you know, yeah. I get them holiday Those shows. Big episodes, yeah. I made a lot of money in them holiday. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so there's a moment where they have gone to lunch. They used, and they used to have a relationship before me and all that. They've gone to lunch, and they come back, and they're at the, they get back to the hotel, and they're right at the door. They stop, camera stops, they're looking at each other, and we think, oh, shit. Something's getting ready to happen here. Mm-hmm. And you hear me, hello, sweetie, up the hall. And the camera cuts to me and the two boys. I got the two sons. We come into the shot. And uh, I, know, I already know about all this. See? So there's no surprise here. There's no jealousy or nothing mm-hmm. happening. I meet him. We talk a little bit, exchange. And I, I'm watching my wife a little bit to see how she's reacting. <laughs> they both look a little. They don't know what I'm going to say. Right. So at any rate, at a certain point, James Earl gets ready to leave, and I look at the wife, and then I cut to him. Hey, listen, what are you doing on Thanksgiving? And he kind of sheepishly, uh, well, I don't know. Well, why don't you come and have dinner with us? You know, <laughs> and he kind of, uh, let, me, let me think about it, and he goes out of the shot. Well, we come back the next day, that's, that's gone. <laughs> so Janet says, John, you know that beautiful moment when you come in with the boys? Said, yeah, yeah, it's gone. I said, you're kidding. <laughs> She said, we got to say something about this. Mm-hmm. Now, since I know white folks, you, can, you can't say anything to the boss uh. about shit. But, I, but I'm very clever. So, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> so, I, what I do is I spot the two writers sitting off the side, and I go and I sit next to them. So that when the hands go up around the table and Janet says, excuse me, that beautiful moment with John and I when the boys come. Yeah, yeah, Janet, we were running long. We had to get rid of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Next, uh, uh, Hilliard, mm-hmm. and then you say what you say. So when it was my turn, I say, um, excuse me, can I, can I say something? He says, yeah, John, yeah, sure. I turn to the writers, <laughs> and I say, guys, you guys are brilliant. I say, I, 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 I do tons of television, but I never run across writing quite like this. Usually it's just that trite stuff mm-hmm. they give us. But I'm just talking to the writers mm-hmm. now. The, the producer says, excuse me, John? Yes, sir? You know the moment when she calls and sets up the time for them to have lunch? What about if I put you in the room and you guys discuss, discuss it? Mm-hmm. I say, can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course I can do it. Ah, thank you. <laughs> the lesson here is you got to let the white man think he come up with the idea. <laughs> see? That's how we got it in the script. See? But you, you can't confront him because he's the boss. You know, 
Uh, on a slightly different note, when I worked for Carol O'Connor in Heat of the Night, he used to write all of my episodes. Mm -hmm. He would, <laughs> he sent an episode where, uh, it's the last episode I did, and Denise comes to visit me, and I, in the course of this visit, I tell her about this other woman that I'm going with. <laughs> I remember that episode. <laughs> well, look. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I came in from the theater. I was doing a play called I Am a Man over here at the fountain. Mm -hmm. I come in, and my sides are laying next to my wife, and she's kind of half asleep. I read the sides, and I sort of gently nudge her. I say, honey, did you read this? She said, yeah, I tell the other bitch to do it. And she, she went, on, went on back to sleep. I said, aha, because I saw what she meant. So I got down to Atlanta, Conyers, Georgia, and I said, go, go right to Carol. I said, Carol, I think we got a problem here. He said, what do you mean, With John? Man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I said, well, I got to work in the scene with Denise Nicholas, mm -hmm. and I know how she going to do. So, <laughs> so I go to him, and I said, listen, I think we got a problem here. He says, what's that? You don't understand black women. I said. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said that, yeah, yeah. I said, well, I think Denise is going to have a problem with this uh, in the writing here. And, and again, he's the writer mm -hmm. and exec. Mm -hmm. And he's very, you don't get to change his words. Let me just put it that way. Mm -hmm. So he says, uh, well, uh, John, well, read the scene for me. Tell me, how you going to do it? I go through, he says, sounds good. I, said, I don't know. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, but listen, do not send me into a scene with Denise Nicholas unhappy. I ain't going for it. <laughs> but he, he kind of laughed a little bit like that. Oh, I, I'll be all right, mm -hmm. he says. So I decided to test this idea. I leave him. Denise is over there in makeup. She's shooting an episode. And I walk up to Denise. I say, hi, sweetie. She says, she looks at me. I said, did you see this week's script? And she cut that look like, motherfucker, don't fuck with me. <laughs> I went, I see ya. And I, I head on over to my hooch. And so uh, now it's time to shoot the scene. Well, Denise won't come out of the trailer. She, will, she refuses to come out. They've got to go get Carol, bring him to the set, and he's got to try to appease her. She cursed him up once. I, what am I, some kind of fucking whore? I'm sleeping with you, giving him my money. And she just went totally mm -hmm. off on him. I, mm -hmm. I stayed back. I was 10 feet off. <laughs> and I let this go on for, I don't know, five minutes. She just Because I felt so sorry. He's looking down. Carol just looking down on the ground. <laughs> He's not saying anything. Yeah. The sister then went off mm -hmm. on him. So I ease into the circle, and I... Give Carol that look like, see, I told you. <laughs> see? So I said, Carol, listen, I know how to fix this. And he said, what do you got, John? I said, why don't we cut this and cut that, take this out. And listen, I'm just asking her to help. I just, I just need help. Mm -hmm. I don't need to all that other stuff. I know what you're doing. You're, it's good what you're doing. You're making this guy look really good. But I don't think it works. So he said, well, all right, uh, take the cuts and you guys, and then we rehearsed it. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the rehearsal, he says to Denise, what do you think? She said, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And so that's the scene that's you the scene saw. That's the scene we see, yeah. It's a beautiful scene, yeah, wasn't it? It is. It was it very, is. it was very, um, it was the first time you got the chance to see who this mm-hmm. guy was. Yeah. You'd seen him in trial, you'd seen him in the getting busted and all that, mm-hmm. but you didn't know who he was. And like you said, it, it gave him subtext that there was something mm-hmm. deeper going on, yeah. and it wasn't like a flash in the pan. Oh, there was some, some depth there. And, and there you was know, more to his on. credit, and again, this is the writer, he wrote a scene about two black people who were divorced and yet civilized, mm-hmm. weren't we? Mm-hmm. We were beautiful together, mm-hmm. to be honest about mm-hmm. it. You can see there was, there was love there. Yes, yeah. like and if respect. Things have, if things have been a little different, they might have still been together. <laughs> that's right. Sure. But, you know, life, sometimes stuff happens in life, and yeah. this is where that's we right. are. And that's what Carol wrote. Yeah. He wrote, by the way, guys, with a great deal, of, particularly my character, he wrote with such sensitivity, mm-hmm. and he wrote, with depth mm-hmm. and gra- gravitas, mm-hmm. he gave the character. Right. Now, we don't get those guys very often, right. unless you're a star. Right. And then they'll send the, the great stuff to you. Right. Well, let me, you, you were telling a story <clears throat> on the uh, part one episode. You were saying, <laughs> you, you went to him one day and you were like, <laughs> you're like you. You try to apologize to the brothers. Like, oh, oh, okay. yes, <laughs> yes, yes. No, 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 no. I did because I noticed all them black people he had on the show. It was the most integrated show. In it. it was, yeah. and so I went to him one day and I said, "You know, Carol, you hire more black people than the black shows do. What's going on with that?" Mm-hmm. I said, "You trying to apologize for that, Archibald?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you is. <laughs> and you know what, guys? He said very quickly, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Totally honest. Mm-hmm. See what yeah, I'm saying? Archie Bunker. Yeah. He, you know, he was he so was like that. he was so far removed from. Mm-hmm. He's an, a, a devout Catholic mm-hmm. and very spiritual. Okay. Carol was. Mm-hmm. And you talk about respect for us. Mm-hmm. Well, you could see it in the show the way mm-hmm. he. Mm-hmm. You, and he rescued poor Howard. You know, Howard, he just rescued him and tried to give him a bigger career. Mm-hmm. When Howard first broke on the scene with Ragtime, he was so magnificent. Oh, God. He was so magnificent. And, uh, well, here's the thing. Once he hit us with Ragtime, mm-hmm. he shot past Denzel. Mm-hmm. He, by this, I, mean, I simply mean with the work. That shit was magnificent mm-hmm. what he did with that, with that character. Mm-hmm. So much so... The man couldn't get a job. For no, nobody wanted to work with him. It's, oh, no. I'm not going to have him blow me up. Exactly, <laughs> sweetheart. And they were mostly white folk. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. No, no, no. And it was people like Carol. And uh, the guy who hired him in Soldier Story was a British, no, Canadian director. Mm-hmm. His name escapes me now. Wonderful man. Mm-hmm. By the way, I read for that damn part. <laughs> I read for his part and Denzel. That, them two punks beat me out of my rope. <laughs> them whippersnappers. <laughs> them two nobodies. Young, but, young but, but to show you, but to show you where I'm coming from, when he asked me, the director, we we we, they just wanted to talk to me. I'm a Vietnam vet, so mm-hmm. they wanted a real soldier. Right. So, uh, but when he asked me about Howard Rollins, he brought his name up in the conversation. He said, you know an actor named Howard Rollins? I said, oh, man. I said, that's one of the most brilliant actors I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's a shame the way they've done him, mm-hmm. you know, because he was paying attention to that, too. He said, yeah, I notice he's not working. I told him what I had been able to see. Nobody wants to work with him. He scared them all up. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, I said, the guy deserves a break. Mm-hmm. He said, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Just talk myself right on out of the job. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said, I'll, fuck it. I'll, I'll, <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'd have been I'll in just, the movie. Uh, you know? I'll show myself out to the door now. Uh. <laughs> but I really was glad, though, because although this is just my own take, that role is a, was a rather thankless role. Uh, the only one who I think could have pulled it off was Sidney Poitier. Mm. Okay. I think he's the only one who, or one of the few actors mm -hmm. who could have pulled that off. Because mm -hmm. that was nowhere near ragtime. Mm -hmm. And he's got that kind of power. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so we only used that much of his power. Mm -hmm. He's kind of postured. Mm -hmm. And almost uh, some of that little girl started coming out of him, mm -hmm. too. We didn't want that mm -hmm. coming in the performance, <laughs> but yeah, you know. Yeah. What was the word he used when he played the gay dude? What'd you call it? Frisky. Frisky. <laughs> 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 I so love so it. I get I get down there and this we're spending a, a lot of time on this heat of the night for a second, but mm -hmm. it's worth it because I got down there. Let me show you about Carol. So I get down there to do an episode, and Carol says, "John uh, Howard is locked up in jail down there. <laughs> you know he is. He's in he's in jail literally." And he says, "Why don't you go have lunch with him?" I said, man, I said, Howard don't know me like that. I worked with him and I said, you don't. He said, no, no, no. He'd, he'd like it if you went down. Me and the wife are going to go down and have lunch or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, no. I want to see right, him, but right. this guy don't know me. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I go to the jail. They keep me out there waiting a pretty good while. <laughs> I'm about ready to leave, actually. <laughs> Howard comes down. We get to the window, take the phone. This is very awkward because we don't know each other. And I say, Howard, Carol asked me to come down. S you know, I'm so sorry you're here, I say to him. He looks at me and he says, you know, I almost didn't come down because I didn't know what you wanted. Everybody wants something, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. being a star. Right. Everybody wants mm -hmm. something. Whenever I approach Denzel, I have to be very specific with him. Because if I don't, what you want? I mean, he won't even say it. I get that from Paris. I feel, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. What do you want? <laughs> you know, it's, and it comes from celebrity. Mm -hmm. uh, people think, if I get with this guy, maybe I can, mm -hmm. or maybe he can make a few calls, mm -hmm. or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. It's some of it. Sure. But uh, it's, it's, Howard didn't do well with fame at all. Fame is not good for everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, he didn't because why he was a private guy. When we were in New York, he was gay. You know, nobody cared. Sure. Mm -hmm. Go get his liquor and go get his man and go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nobody cared. Right, right. But he come into Hollywood and it's all yeah. fodder for you know the gossip. Mm -hmm. And so you know he he really had a hard time and he wasn't going and them drugs too. Mm -hmm. You know, stuff. Can I remember one time seeing him on? I can't remember what show it was. I don't know if it was or seen on one of the TV shows. And he looked fabulous. He had this ascot, and he was just fabulous. And I was just like, he just, oh he God. was gorgeous, wasn't he? He mm -hmm. was, and it was just like, but it was like seeing him as himself, yes, and not as the character yes. and the actor. Yes, the, the thing I thought about was like, how how is your life? You know mm. what I mean? Really, yeah. because you're so when you're brilliant like that, and every now and mm. then you get those brilliant stars, and they mm. just burn out. So you know, yeah, that's right. They don't have that support system to yes. really like li uplift them. But I just remember just feeling like, yes. wow, this is. Well, it almost happened to Robert Downey Jr. Didn't yeah, it? yeah. Boy, didn't he make yeah. a comeback? <laughs> Yikes! Bigger than he was. Okay. I'm thinking about getting me some good cocaine. <laughs> <and> get... 
gonna be Iron Man, okay? I mean, the man was snorting a lot of blow, y'all. <laughs> he didn't die. He came back. Okay. Movie star. You see, after chance after chance after chance. They put him in one of them little places there where they put him. He left. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he did Turned that. Turned into a vegan ninja and, and got himself to that. That's what he did. Yeah. Well, he sure turned it around because mm-hmm. he's the highest paid now. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of by far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 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 I did a, a thing years ago called Atlanta Child Murders. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, I'm so proud of that work because I don't think any of us believe that this boy killed him. Mm-hmm. The reason we didn't believe it, and it wasn't in the miniseries, but we knew from research, was that when they killed them boys, they sliced off their genitalia and put it in their mouth. Now, we don't kill like right. that. No. Right. And somebody else said, if we, when we kill people, we holler at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why they said OJ couldn't have killed nobody. They'd have heard him. Bitch, I got this house. You got people. Yep. <laughs> we were like, yep, it was OJ. <laughs> you would have heard him. But, oh, my but, goodness. But, you know, it's, uh, mm, wow, it's a strange mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Um, we're lucky, y'all, though, because uh, when we talk about somebody like uh, Robert Gilman, I'm thinking about stars now. I've been around a lot of stars. And while they're good people and so forth, they don't usually help us much. Us actors. Uh, do we talk about this all the time? And by the way, I haven't said it, but I got my girl, Elisa Banks, here, my producing partner. Hi, Elisa. Shout out to you. She's a cutie pie. Great personality. She and I were just talking about this yesterday. So yeah. it's a funny shit. Right. You, you were just talking about this yesterday? Yesterday. What did you guys about say? people don't help you. No, it's kind of tough. Yeah. It's kind of, that's why we wrote the book. And we'll get into it in a little while. Sure. But. One of the things is just that. You mm-hmm. come here to Hollywood, and you don't, you don't know the terrain, you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. You don't even know the freeways. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't know anything. And it'd be nice Some if there was... don't know how to drive. You see? Saying, you know. All of that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even those of us who come from the theater, mm-hmm. we only know how to audition. Find the audition, go get the audition, and get the job. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff you have to know here. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us don't spend enough time learning the business. Sure. And it gets us in trouble because we start taking it personal. Mm-hmm. And it really ain't. For example, you don't have a right to work here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a privilege mm-hmm. in a way. Except if you're talented, then they want you because mm-hmm. they need it. They need you to make the money. Or unless you got a bunch of Twitter hate, Twitter. What? Yeah, you guys got a whole new way of doing this now. It's kind of interesting what's happened today. It really is interesting because you can, you know, get a bunch of likes and you're a star. Elisa mm-hmm. and I have been in the rooms with producers and we're cast, and and they want somebody because they got a bunch of people on the Twitter over a talented person like you. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm, I, you know I'm, I mean? now, that's well then good. I'm glad you brought that <laughs> up. No, I say that because that's the business. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean about you can't take yeah. it personal. If they, if they, when they, when they sit around and the analogy I use is that you and I are going to produce a movie. Mm-hmm. We've got to put up, let's say a, a million a piece okay. and we've got other investors over here. And so the picture is going to cost us $10 million. Mm-hmm. The first thing out of everybody's mouth is, well, who's the star? First thing. First thing. First thing, yes. 
Absolutely. You know, it's not. It's a script good. No, oh, that's no, a that's that's. Yeah. that's no, because that's because look, that's gonna be rewritten several yeah. times. Who in it? You know, you can forget True. that. True. But who is the star? Because I want to get my money back right. on this investment. Uh, uh, an actor, if and for those of you out there, if you're an actor, if you get and I wish you luck, if you get a series, <laughs> if you get a series, the first thing you do is get a publicist. Mm-hmm. So we know who you are. If you don't get your name out there, I feel sorry for you. Well, look, trip this. <laughs> Talking about feeling sorry for people. Mm. I'm one of those people. I might be kind of an asshole for saying this, but I'm just going to say it. Okay. My say it, say it, say it. That's right. Say what you want, brother. It says tell your guests. Okay. You were saying earlier, mm. right, mm-hmm. about... Like, what happened to this person, this person who used to be on a particular show? Right, right, right. If you are second, third, fourth on the call sheet, mm-hmm. on a show that's been on for five years, mm-hmm. okay, you making pretty good money, mm-hmm. and you ain't doing nothing else but that show, that's your fault. Yes. Because people like Elise and I, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. we do this all the time. This right. is why I know it. If I right. didn't know it, I wouldn't say this right. shit. We're looking for dudes like that. To star in our fucking projects that we're doing, because we can get them for scale plus ten. Right, <laughs> that's right. Right, to be in our projects, right, right with mm-hmm. the face. Right, yes, that's what we need. Right, yes. you should be trying to get yourself, mm-hmm. and then you can play a part that's completely different from exactly. the character. Exactly. Right, and right. then you can put right. that on your reel and show right. people that you're right. diverse and you yeah. can right. play anything. And they can right. produce those. And right, exactly. So you know what I mean. I have no sympathy mm-hmm. for somebody who was on a show five years ago. For five seasons, mm-hmm. and they are not working. Get your today. shit together. Well, it's Get pretty. It together. It, it's pretty hard to gain any sympathy when we know you've been making a bunch of money and you're yeah, set. Yeah, there's that. Because we've been str- we out here struggling, <laughs> trying to get a few, you know, rub mm-hmm. two nickels together, mm-hmm. and right. we, mm-hmm. you know. But that's why I said earlier, you got to get a publicist, mm-hmm. because then you can separate. Just you might have an afterlife, mm-hmm. or if you're in the theater like me, mm-hmm. I got a call from Yale Rep the other day. Oh, wow. I got a call from New York, actually, from another person there looking for so forth and such and such. Your name is in the hopper. <laughs> well, if if I were to go off and do this play, those are the kinds of things that jack your career straight up because those things go to Broadway. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And those are the so things. they kind of workshop it there first. They workshop it right. there, get it together. Mm-hmm. And then they, but it's usually got a New York tag on sure, it, even right. if it's off Broadway. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> This, I think this still holds. The business has changed quite a bit. But I think the good actors work. They work all the time. They don't work in television and movies. They work in the theater. <laughs> so they're never without work. Interesting. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't see them unless you go to the theater. Mm-hmm. And they're there doing the art of acting. Right. Not the business of acting. Right. And that's the difference, guys. This is business here. This is this is strictly business. Mm-hmm. And so one has to pay some attention to learning the business. Mm-hmm. That way you don't... Um, this is If you're in it for the long haul, like guys like me, you make a career out of it. You got to figure out how to stay here with all that damn rejection you're going to get. And part of the thing we really spend a lot of time on in the book you got to bolster up on yourself. <laughs> now, 
somebody would see it and say, oh, that man full of himself. Yes! <laughs> Precisely! <laughs> Fill up! <laughs> Get your bucket, bitch. Get, Get your it. bucket. <laughs> yes! Because if you don't believe in yourself, how are you going to get me to believe in exactly. you? Exactly. You see what I'm saying? And you're going to need that. I've, Robert Guillaume gave me a beautiful line. <laughs> I know an actor will appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Any actor. So you go to an audition. You audition for the thing. If the conversation would come up, you would say, now, listen, if you don't want me, well, get somebody else. Don't be fucking with me. <laughs> the reason it's so beautiful, because mm-hmm. you're not taking it personal. Mm-hmm. My art is my art, right. and I'm not listening to your opinion on it. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. See? Well, you need those kind that girds you up mm-hmm. for the long haul. See what I mean? You need something like that mm-hmm. to keep you in the game. Because sure. a lot of these people you don't see, they simply, they don't get the... Cl- I saw a white guy. <laughs> I don't expect this from white guys. Mm-hmm. And he was... Such disdain there. Well, he, was, no, he, he hadn't worked. He had this worked. guy hadn't worked in a long right. time. And so I'm at an audition. And at the time I worked with him, I did a movie called Special Bulletin mm-hmm. with Roz Cash and and uh, these radical white boys, and he was one of them. Mm-hmm. And he, he had a big career at that time. I just got here. Mm-hmm. And now he doesn't have, you ain't seen him. You see what I'm saying? He looked like he was ready to commit suicide. I mean, mm-hmm. he was so depressed and out of it because he hadn't worked in many years. Mm-hmm. Ah, yikes. So how do you protect yourself from that? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you got to find ways to, to stay close to believing in yourself. Most of us come here with a dream. Yeah. It's something we want to do. Yeah. And we pursue it. Sometimes the dream changes. Right. Sometimes it I came here to be an actor. I can care right. the fuck less about being an actor now. Right. But I'm on the other side of it right. now. Right. Now it's just as important as right. when I was an actor. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you started writing. Yeah. You were writing to get you some work. Basically, that's yeah. where I started. Yeah. No, no, no. You yeah. could write them. Who am I thinking? John, you know an actor named John Tolls Bay? Sounds familiar. You know he wrote a movie called, it had Robin Givens in it, and she's supposed to have a great butt. <laughs> I'm forgetting the name of the movie. Um, Robin Givens was the star of it, and who was the, the man? Mm. Was it from way back? Was it based on a book? Yeah, it was based on a book. Oh, um, is it the West... Uh, Carl Cheshire Franklin. Himes, I think Cheshire Carl Himes Franklin movie? directed it. With a, um, Forrest Whitaker? Yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, cool yes, that's okay. it. Forrest Whitaker was in it. Robin Givens. That's right. A lot of big name people mm-hmm. were in it. Um, gosh, help. I don't know. Harlem something? No. Well, the guy, there was there was two guys. There was a guy named, there was, there was, the, 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 the guy who was cutting people. Yes. Well, the one with the knife was John Tolls Bay. He had written oh. the script oh, okay. and got himself in the movie. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Now, he did write a couple of parts for me and James Avery. Mm-hmm. We didn't get in the movie. <laughs> you know, he, he got in, but we, yeah. didn't, we didn't even get a look-see. A Raging Harlem. That's oh, what okay. it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, That's yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. And I remember this guy, uh, 
because I would go out to his house and he used to get my reefer from him. <laughs> so, you know, he lived there. Well, he lived out there on the, on the beach. And he'd sell. That's why he made right. it while right. he was trying to write. Okay. Selling reefer. Homegrown shit. Look. That's right. I got the purple. The original. I got the purple. And organic. Art, artisanal. <laughs> lived in a little studio apartment. That's funny. Lived in a little one-bedroom studio apartment thing. And uh, he finally broke in. He's done a few few movies since okay. then. Mm-hmm. But uh, not a big career. Mm-hmm. But he's he's had a he's had some pretty good shots. Yeah. But he wrote himself in. Yeah, you get in any way you can. Right. Exactly. It, it, Denzel said it recently. Uh, it's kind of depressing. But he said he was at Fordham, and he they asked him. He said, oh, "I saw that when he was on the stage." Yeah, and he wow. told them about the Vin Diesel stuff. Yeah, go ahead, tell the kids. Well, he just said they, they said, "Well, what would you tell an actor?" And he said, "Well, I used to tell him to study, work hard, get in the theater, and go to work." And you, so I don't tell him that anymore. I tell him <laughs> get Vin Dieselized, mm. get those muscles going, and you can get in the movies. <laughs> you know, you don't need to be an actor. I don't subscribe to that idea totally. Mm-hmm. But I get it. Because mm-hmm. nowadays... Is it, is it the reverse for a woman looking beautiful? You know, yeah. coming in with the blonde hair and a beautiful... Kind of. Okay. They never really knew. I'm glad to see some sisters. Were, they've never known what to do with y'all. <laughs> no, they, 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 they never have. Mm-hmm. And they've never known how to photograph you. Yeah. Uh. I, I saw one, <laughs> my whole career, I saw one shot of uh, Sanaa Lathan... Mm-hmm. She was doing that Raisin in the Sun, mm-hmm. hmm. and it was a black director. And this guy got a shot of her in her long skirt, mm-hmm. but it was hugging, right? And the oh, shot. that's why you know. He saw the, saw, the, saw, the, saw the bubble. <laughs> I mean, that look was outrageous because <laughs> they never get it. Right. They never. I never right. seen a sister photograph. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Back the camera up. Let's get the long thing. Mm-hmm. She looked. He's like, she was wearing an orange thing with a red thing. With the <laughs> <laughs> but she actually had on one of those skirts like the sisters used yes. to wear when I was coming. Yeah. Up, tight skirts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he captured it where he got her line. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just on her ass. Mm-hmm. Nah. Mm-hmm. It was the line of her. Right. <laughs> and it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But they didn't, they don't know. They mm-hmm. kind of, they, they're sort of coming around, I think. Maybe Halle Berry. They tried it with Lena Horne mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And she usually has to be high yellow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To get a dark sister, mm, that's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll tell you why I say that. The only dark sister that I've ever seen in prime time, uh, well, aside from Dynasty, was Diane Carroll years ago, was the sister on Fresh Prince, Janet Hubert. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good looking, yes. she moved, she was sassy, mm. she was sister like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You couldn't replace that. See what I'm saying? The mm. show went down when she went down. True. Avery tried to keep it up, and he did. Mm-hmm. But we lost something when that fell yeah. apart, mm-hmm. you know? Because mm-hmm. she was, a, and we were. We're talking about the Fresh Prince, y'all. Right. So yes. <laughs> we were very proud that we had a dark woman in prime time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And she had a substantial role. Yeah, very regal. It was just like, it was Well, she's a dancer, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Well, I mean, it's just amazing what Viola's doing right now, you know? Yeah. She's doing some interesting things with her, Mm -hmm. because she's kind of hard to look at. You 
Stop it. Ah, Here's what I need. Stop it. I'm going to qualify this. Okay, please qualify. Please, Please. because I know you know her. That's your girl. They give her these roles and she's just downtrodden. Well, I would agree with that. Listen to me now. She's just crying and going, (laughs) she's brilliant. Yes. Make no mistake about that. Over at Murder, they're starting to use, she's crying a little too much for me over there too, but they're starting to use her in a very, she's a, whoo, she ain't nobody to tangle. No. Don't mess with yeah. her. And I really like that. And they've even tried to make her look much more attractive. Oh, yeah. Because you've seen the scene where she takes the makeup off. Yes. That was her idea. And yeah. that's what she, she wanted to do. Yeah. That was magnificent. She needed to strip herself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. strip that down. It was brilliant. Right. She stripped on down to who she is. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm saying. Yes. Hollywood here, they, I would advise every sister, mm-hmm. when you go in for an audience, be glamorous. Be, look your best. Don't ever go in there. I don't care if the character's a... I don't care what she is. <laughs> go in there and put some makeup on. Look good when you go in the room. I just think it helps. Yeah, mm. because, you know, a lot of times when I would see Viola Davis outside of film, she always looked fabulous. It's like, mm. why can we not yeah. ever see her? Like when she was in Doubt mm. or any show, she's like a, a, a Law and Order episodes. Mm. It was just like, God damn, do you, can y'all just, can you just make it look like she does when she's on Essence? <laughs> and when you first see How to Get Away with Murder, you, a little when she, you know what? When she first comes in on How to Get Away with Murder, first time you see her, when she walked in that classroom mm-hmm. with that pixie cut, mm-hmm. that outfit, yeah. and it's like, at last, mm-hmm. yeah. you guys get yeah, to see her were, how I see her. She, and they put tight clothes on her. Her mm-hmm. body's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's, but she's a strong sister. Oh, God. She's, yeah. You don't want to mess with her. <laughs> Just a but look. You know who else? Let me tell you who else is like that. Because I done worked with her. Alfre Woodard. Yes. Oh, yeah. That woman got the most beautiful eyes. Mm-hmm. You ever want to, but the way they shoot her sometimes, right. Right. it looks kind of menstrual-like mm-hmm. if, you're not, if you're not careful. Right, right. And I say that because yeah. there's a whole history of that. Yeah, right. And that's what, they like, that's what they'd like to do with us if they could. They'd like to move back to the 30s with us. <laughs> and, and this guy, Tyler Perry, has helped them. Oh, who, who? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> yeah, whatever this guy's name. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that his brand of humor harkens back to a time Agreed. when we mm-hmm. were moving Agreed. ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a, but there's an audience. He was an Amos and Andy type of shit. Well, that's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> now, to his credit, though. Oh, I'm going to give him some credit, Me though. too. Me too. The hustle is the credit. Uh-huh. And I was going to say that yeah. for all of us, stake out your territory. Mm-hmm. And take your stand, irregardless of what anybody says, because he don't care what we say. Mm-hmm. He's making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He's, he's found mm-hmm. his little, he's found his little place to be, mm-hmm. and he operates right from there. Sure. He's got a following, mm-hmm. not big, and mm-hmm. I think he may even be losing them because his movies have gotten progressively. Oh, yeah. It's because he plays straight in them, and they don't want to see him play straight. They want him to see him play. They Medea. say he's going to get an Oscar nomination for Gone Girl. You know what? He was good in Gone Girl. That's I will say that he was good in Absolutely. Gone Girl. I've like literally, you. I was like, if he would have came out in Gone Girl mm-hmm. like that, oh, and then did Medea and then did everything it? else, okay. it would have been like a totally different, different thing. Yeah. Like he's he's good. Okay. You know, I mean, that, I had some trepidation. Yeah, in 500 movies, you should be good by Yeah, but no one, but here's the thing, <laughs> though. Man I, Oprah. I think it's actually, I think it's a really smart move on his part because I know he tried to do with that whole movie where he was playing the Alex Cross stuff mm. and, and because he's so connected to the Medea character and mm. that type it's of film, 
when, like, for example, the first time where, when, and I remember the audience laughed. You remember Star Trek? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he was like playing one of the counselors, and everybody's like, "Is that Tyler Perry?" Now, of course, being the few black people in the audience, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. we were like, "What is Tyler Perry?" Like, of course, everybody doesn't know who he was. <laughs> What's Tyler Perry? He hooking up with J.J. Abrams? You know what? He making moves. Okay, I ain't gonna say nothing, but I see you in the sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Are they gonna?" My mom, here's my mother. You think they gonna put Medea in outer space? No, mama. No, mama. Medea is not going to outer space. You know. But you know what? But after seeing him in that, and then and to see him in Gone Girl, he is perfect in that that role, mm-hmm. and his personality comes through, and he doesn't detract. And that was my fear because when I saw a card, I'm like, oh, he's in there. I'm like, oh, all right, I'll go see it. He doesn't detract. It, he's good. good. He's good. The trailers look pretty good. He, it was a good movie, and he was good in it. Did Ben write that one? Uh, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But he is good. He gonna he, he he's gonna get nominated. He ain't he ain't gonna win. That. He ain't gonna win. Yeah, he not gonna I win. Guess this guy's gonna do Selma gonna win everything. No. The, the no. for the people out David there, Alabama? you American you actors, so? all you American actors, I see mm-hmm. y'all's jobs going to England. Hey, we did a whole episode about this one. <laughs> Let's I, talk about that for I, a second. I really really feel bad about this. Um, I really really do. Uh, how you gonna get king and you can't get a black American actor? I don't get that. I don't. Get well, if some of them would do some theater, no. you know what? I tell you what it is. What? I think it's because one, they're really good actors. I mean, we have some br- brilliant yes, actors yeah. here too. Yes, but they're like John. They're I, trained but, actors but, over there. Yeah, but I guess because this actor, I've seen him and stuff before, yeah, and he's, he's really butler. good. He's brilliant. I and I think it's because no one really knows who he is. And I think I don't. I think I think most mainstream people don't know who he is. And I think that might be a plus for him. Right. I think it's a plus for him. I mean, because he was in The Butler and all that other stuff, and he was in that movie with Jill Scott. But I think it's because he's so new and fresh, and we don't know him. I think that's going to work in their favor because we can embrace him as MLK, as in terms of somebody we don't know. Still doesn't erase these black actors you don't know right now who should play King. Might even look more like him. I don't know. I'm just okay. saying. I, I saw 12 Years a Slave. I mm. wasn't moved by it. I was not either. Ah, I just thought I, it was a mess. We went in. We went in. Me and John had a good conversation I, just, about that. I, I, you know what? I don't know why I'm whispering. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm here whispering. Like, Steve, like Steve McQueen's going to hear me and be yeah, upset. Like, <laughs> but you know what? I mean... It's a good movie, but it wasn't a movie for me. It was not. Yeah, it was yeah. not meant for... I don't want to say it's not meant for black folks. Mm-hmm. It's like the help. It's meant yeah, for people who so. need to have that. And I, yeah. okay, I'm just gonna say it. it's for white people. Same. You know, it's for them to get to. And just, just like I feel like Selma, mm-hmm. it's for white people. But who's the guy who wrote black people going to for Selma? I don't know who he is. Uh, I, don't, I, don't I don't remember, remember who the name was. But I'm just saying, it's it's a conversation I was having. Um, that one of my writer, sci-fi writer friends, was talking about, and I'm gonna go see it to support Ava because sure. I love Ava. I'm gonna go but, see it Christmas Day because I just want to support. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I, might go, I might go see yeah, Annie. Yeah, I might go see Annie on Christmas Day just because it's cute. Um, but it's it's one of those movies. And, and, but this is the conversation I'm having with my friends who are into science fiction, mm-hmm. who want to see black people in the here and now, and we want to see ourselves in the future. And we're tired of seeing ourselves in those movies where it's like, you 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 black people, stop stop bitching. <laughs> Look how bad you had it way back then. Sure. It's not. I'm like, bitch, we got Ferguson going on right now. Mm-hmm. If, if I close my eyes and squint a little bit, uh, that's some post. Yeah. look like Ferguson right now yeah, and look right. like New York right now. Right. You know what I mean? So nothing really has changed. Mm-hmm. 
But I think for a lot of people, and because I think Oprah's on board with this now, and it has Oprah's stamp of approval, David Duvernay, and it has that you know respectability politics behind mm-hmm. it. I'm gonna say how it is respect. You know, for a lot of us, we for well my my generation, my peeps, my people who are a little bit more into, we want to see us more conscious, it, not just conscious. Mm-hmm. We want to see ourselves. Can we just fucking see ourselves as regular people? Mm-hmm. Can we see ourselves in the future? Mm-hmm. Like whenever we see sci-fi movies, you know, it's like with the rapper uh, Killer Mike. Shout out to Killer Mike, oh, yeah, um, who basically said, you know, you're not gonna own the future. True. You know what I mean? You're not gonna. And, and I think a lot of times when mm-hmm. we invest a lot of money in these movies in the past, though I applaud it because I love historical epics. Mm-hmm. You, we can't always have black people in those movies. And the only time we get allotted or <laughs> even Oscar consideration, yeah, it's always that type of It's movie. always that type of movie. Yeah. I mean, people run around like, 12 years a slave is so brilliant. It's so this. Bitch, I, we, I live that. <laughs> and, and the here and now. Can well, I just see a movie? These are people who didn't see Roots. But I, there's a need for that movie, though. I, there's a need for 12 yeah, Years yeah. a Slave. A a need for that, right. For mm-hmm. those people who didn't get the clue the first time it came around. <laughs> when their mamas and papas was out there shouting <laughs> in the middle of the street. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's hard to see those type of movies. But at the same time, I know we need them. I, I just I, I wish they made a better movie. Yeah. I wish they wouldn't have had that guy hanging from the tree for 25 minutes and you know, I'm, supposed to, I'm supposed to be moved by this. I was moved in the first five seconds. Mm-hmm. Now you want to linger here for two days? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, I just, I, those kinds of things just kept turning me off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to connect to it. It's our mm-hmm. story. Right. Although my bias said, these are Brits telling you a story, bro. Yeah. And there's something they're going to leave out. Because they don't know this experience. Mm. So, so I don't care who this guy is from the islands by way of England mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. in to do King. I'm a little bit insulted by it. Mm. Because I know too many brilliant black actors, American actors, who are struggling here mm-hmm. trying to get their careers exactly. going. Exactly. And you're going to go get this guy. I saw this guy in the butler. I liked him. He was all right. Mm-hmm. I thought that movie needed some help. <laughs> <laughs> well, why? We went down and did the play, mm-hmm. The Butler. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. The play was a one-man show mm-hmm. about The Butler. It wasn't about all that historical stuff they put in the movie. Mm-hmm. It was just him. He was fastidious, and the way he set the table and mm-hmm. his relationship right. with the president, right. that was the play. Right. Mm-hmm. But the movie, they decided to expand it mm-hmm. and go get over and with them. two or three mm-hmm. other names. Sure. And start making up these stories, and mm-hmm. they really screwed your guy up. Because he showed up at every s- important event. Yes, the David Oyelowo or mm-hmm. whatever. Hey, David. You went, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> After a while, it was a device they used, but it, for me, it was cheap. Mm-hmm. Well, would, well, they were just trying to condense right. and keep the story. Right. Maybe they should have stuck somebody else into it. No, he was the main guy. Yeah, I just, he was the son. I don't know. So, it's hard. So. But speaking of butlers and iconic <laughs> images with Robert Guillaume, oh, yeah. when you talk about, in terms of talking about the book and how iconic and how game-changing Robert Guillaume was, yes. because when I was a kid, when I've told this to Mr. Guillaume himself, mm-hmm. watching Benson mm-hmm. and, and before Benson... Mm-hmm. Watching soap, soap. Yeah. and watching a character that could have gone horribly wrong. Yes. But yes. because Robert, being the race man that he is, yes. and that character was yes. so game changing, because here you have, 
especially with American Hollywood images of, of black people, where we're always serving. Yes. Mm -hmm. Here you had this character who was telling basically white folks, uh, this is what I'm not going to do. <laughs> yes. That's how you and you still going to pay me. That's right. And to go from that character yeah. to go to become, didn't he become governor? Yeah. And then exactly. he became, you know. Lieutenant, lieutenant governor. Yeah, lieutenant yeah. governor. For him to go from that to a politician mm -hmm. and his own TV show named after that character. Mm -hmm. Spinoff, bitch. Yeah. It, <laughs> There's been nothing else. And, like that, and, and just his career television. itself. Because one of the things I know, and we're talking about the book and Robert Guillaume, <laughs> In terms of fighting these type of images and having this, like this, you know, you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna give me less than what I'm worth mm -hmm. in terms of the roles right. that I take. That's right. Mm -hmm. You know that kind of thing. I think. That's who I wanted to play King, a, a person with consciousness. Yes. <laughs> That's who I want for King. Mm. Yeah, you know, an actor. Yes. Yeah. Who has some consciousness. Right. Some history, mm. any of that, right. which I know would feed into the performance. I'm right? Sorry. No, no, no. But I just because I wanted to just touch on the book and stuff. But it's just like I don't know. What would you think? Let me just say something. I want to follow you. Okay, on go this. ahead. I may have shared with you guys when they called Robert, his agent in New York, said, "Listen, they've got a role down there. We don't think you're right for it." <laughs> You go down there and read it. And so Robert said he got a hold of the script. He took one look at it and knew exactly what to do with it because the character's based on his grandmother. <laughs> That's who the character's based on. Yeah. He used to go to the wa she'd go to wash the white woman's clothes and the mm -hmm. white woman talk. Now listen, Lucy, don't put this over there. And she, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 he used to give them this. You see what I mean? Yeah. So he put that right in Benson. Mm -hmm. But the whole thing was, and this is what I love about him, he looked at the script, fellow writers, <laughs> And he said, okay, this is what I'm not going to do. There'll be no shuffling and head scratching. <laughs> I mean, right away, right. He said, this guy's going to come in, look people in their eyes, and talk to them like a normal human being, right. period. Right. And that's what he gave us. Right. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, of course, he was lifting us out of the doldrums of stereotype and, and really setting up for guys like me. Mm -hmm. who come along behind him and say, yeah, now see, that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But that other stuff over there, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, it's tricky, though, because, you know, comedy is comedy. Yeah. Uh, there's something in the paper yesterday about the 25th anniversary of, no, 75th, Gone with the Wind. Mm -hmm. Did you see the article yesterday? Well, I perused it and just uh, <laughs> yeah, I sort of perused it moving. too. But there was some interesting about. stuff in the in the back though, because they talked about how they sort of trivialized race in mm -hmm. the thing, and mm -hmm. the, and when you can't help but look at the movie with twenty first century eyes, yeah. and so those images are offensive mm -hmm. even today, right? Mm. And how these happy Negroes, mm -hmm. that's another thing, Robert said, yeah. you know, smiling and <laughs> shit like okay, that. Okay, Benson didn't smile for nothing. Okay. <laughs> you know, here's your damn plate of food, but. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, and there's something else, guys, because you guys need to know this. Big on it. Robert Guillaume is the only black actor who ran white shows. Mm. All the people around him were white. <laughs> Think about it. It shows the title character, Benson. Mm -hmm. All the characters were white. True. I worked on the show. Mm -hmm. They bring us in. Mm -hmm. But basically, what they found in Soap was his appeal 
was was so broad to white folks, they didn't want to fuck that up. Mm -hmm. So wherever they put him, they didn't want to mess with the way they had discovered how to use him. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget the brilliant actress who was on soap, who was the woman of the house. Mm -hmm. right? She's the one who took Robert to the side and said, listen, they're going to spin you off into yeah. your own thing. And Robert said, when she said that, he went right into the bathroom, looked in the mirror and said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't open your fucking mouth, you. Exactly. Getting wow. himself primed up for how he was going to, to do this. Because right. he had a plan. Hmm. We're very fortunate because he's an intellectual. Mm -hmm. You know, when a guy's got a brain, you can't <laughs> dismiss that from his work. Right. See? It's the un it undergirds his work. It's at the foundation. Mm -hmm. And the reason we look at him the way we look at him like that is because the way he comports himself. Mm -hmm. He demands that. Roscoe Lee Brown saw him in New York many years ago. <laughs> we were at an equity meeting. And uh, Robert got up to say, say a couple of words. And Roscoe Lee said, Oh, so you are Robert Gill, uh, the famous it. actor. Know, now, he wasn't even famous then. Uh -huh. But the way he comported himself. Right. Mm -hmm. Presence. He had a diverse career. <laughs> it's in the book here. I talk about when he went to Israel. Because he used to sing Yiddish <laughs> songs. A brother. I said, so I, exactly. <laughs> I said, Bob, how'd you get into that? He said, hey, man, I'm trying to get work. <laughs> <laughs> so he was doing stuff like that. Okay, he's I mean, who would have thought kid, of that? Getting his hustle on. <laughs> well, he was song. hustling. Expanding his portfolio. Yeah, there, work, there wasn't <laughs> enough work for black actors. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it still isn't. Mm -hmm. And so, and I guess I need to backtrack just a sec. He went to New York to become the first black tenor in the opera. That's why he went to New York. He, went, he wanted to sing at the Metropolitan. And he got there, and after he was there a little while and began to investigate things and so forth and such, he said to himself, I don't think this is going to work. They ain't ready for no black actor, mm. black tenor. <laughs> they may have Leon King Price. Or somebody, but they're not ready for, especially me, I'm not big. I'm mm -hmm. And that's when he said, you know what, I better figure out something else to do. Maybe I'll go into acting. Mm. Now, now, here's the good part. He says, maybe I'll go into acting. What kind of acting do I want to do? <laughs> he said, hmm, I think I'll go into comedy. And um, he said, now, I don't, I'm going to study Jack Benny, uh, Marcel Marceau, the great mm -hmm. mime. Mm -hmm. They don't reveal anything, because that's what he did to us. He wouldn't reveal. We didn't know what. What's he going to, what's he going to say? Mm -hmm. huh. yeah. So he wouldn't reveal. So he practiced mm -hmm. that. So he could put it into his acting game. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I found in the book here is that I went through actors training school. Mm -hmm. Studied Shakespeare and all that stuff. But the way that he came about to be an actor was based on truth. Mm. Total tell the truth. Because if you met him, He's no different mm -hmm. on camera than he is mm -hmm. off camera. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we used to have a lengthy discourse about that. Because I said, yeah, well, you, you're a star. <laughs> well, he wasn't a star when he started. True that. And he kept, he, but, he, but what he didn't learn how to do was act. He never knew how to do that. Mm. 
he knew he learned how to tell the truth. It's the only thing he knew. <laughs> and the other attitude he had was, if you don't want me, get somebody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's empowering. Yeah, it's it empowering, is. isn't it? Because you know your worth and... Hey, yeah. you can do that with riders. Mm -hmm. You don't want yeah. them? Well, <laughs> go get another rider. <laughs> you ain't getting my shit. No. I mean, <laughs> you the one fucked up. <laughs> I know what this is. You know, you, I think it's important you have some of that. Whatever your game right. is, you see. Right. And by the way, one thing I've already found out, I have a woman uh, who's a social worker, a friend of mine up in Sacramento, mm -hmm. and she started reading the book. So she calls me nightly. <laughs> she doesn't know anything about acting and mm -hmm. the arts and what, you know, what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But she's getting so much out of this. The first thing she got out of it was, oh, my God, two black intellectuals, black men using language. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, we never they've dummied everything <laughs> down, <laughs> this generation, a bunch of dummies. Everything is abbreviated. Everything right. is street and abbreviated. <laughs> And so she said, I'm getting such a kick out of this. Not to mention that these ideas that I extract from Robert mm -hmm. are quite compelling and interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so, but all I guess I'm trying to say is that this book has appeal for everybody. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was just going to be a book for actors and artists, musicians, mm -hmm. things like that. But the way this woman is reading it, she's getting all kind of stuff well, out of it. Just because it's game. Right. Anytime there's game in any that's subject true. matter you're right. talking that's about, that's true. You can't help but. And she's curious to know. Well, what yeah. do you? What did you guys mean when you said this? Mm -hmm. and she'll call me about that, and it's given me the opportunity to say, "Oh, I get Let to me ask you." Yeah. Mm -hmm. For the people who didn't hear your part one episode, let's tell the people the name of the book and what this book is about, and let's talk about the book a little okay. bit. Okay. The book is called Secrets and Musings, Take a Look at Yourself by Robert Guillaume, narrated by John Wesley. And really what it is, and I, I've, I've got sort of opened it up to a page where Robert sort of <laughs> just tells it. And what? And I, now I've lost the page, guys. <laughs> 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 Wait, now. He had it like uh -huh. an oh, hour ago. <laughs> he says, Robert says, our book, is a series of musings on developing oneself beyond the ordinary. So when you talk about, you know, when you talk to people, they say, well, that's his thing, mm -hmm. you know. It's really not about my thing or your thing. It's simply about developing oneself so that you can get beyond some labels because if you understand that each of us is unique, and and then I say, not be afraid of that. And he says, and each of us has an area where we are, if we have any talent, mm -hmm. where we are geniuses. Mm -hmm. And I find that many, many times when we're talking about people who are afraid, that they may be a genius. And they may not ever think that way. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I want to read the, a little bit of the opening uh, by a brilliant sister named El Scott Caldwell. She sure. wrote the foreword for us. <coughs> and she was uh, a, the actress from Lost. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. the actress from Lost. Mm -hmm. And I actually saw her in a movie with Ed O'Neill and a young kid. And uh, they were going across country and they had to stop at this homeless place on their way 
and Scotty played a homeless woman. Mm -hmm. And she only had three scenes, or two or three scenes in the movie, and walked away with the whole movie. <laughs> and those, <laughs> and I wasn't just me. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at him, so yikes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the but the New York Times said the same thing, mm -hmm. so it wasn't just me. <laughs> Among the most revered in many African cultures is the griot. Uh, the, through the ancient practice of oral tradition, the griot is responsible for passing information and knowledge from one generation to another. Mm -hmm. This often transcendent elder is part storyteller, praise singer, and part performer. Educated and wise, he is both teacher and historian. Such a man is the renowned actor, director, producer, Robert Guillaume. I first encountered Robert Guillaume in Chicago, Illinois, circa 1976. He was starring in the Goodman Theater production of the Melville classic, Benito Serino. It was somewhat of an event because in those days, it was a rarity to have a black man headlining a show. <laughs> mm. Unless it's Ben Vereen. <laughs> mm, that's right. He played Babo, the slave revolt leader, and his performance was magical, filled with humanity and integrity. It was like a master class, empowering and inspiring many of us local actors, a number of whom he found time to mentor. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not going to read much more, because we can talk and read. Sure, but sure, sure. I just wanted to get, uh, uh, give you an idea of what we're talking about here and who we're talking about, for those of you who don't know who he is. There's a story. We, we started a group called Artists for a Free South Africa when we were trying to get Mandela out. And it started in Robert's living room. It was Blair Underwood. CCH Pounder, Alfre Woodard, Robert Guillaume, Danny Glover. Bunch of no names. You Bunch know. of no names. <laughs> the, this, this was mm, pleasantly, oh, this pleasantly surprising mm -hmm. to me that these people were activists. Yeah. Yeah. I was always worried when I came to Hollywood because I was an activist. That you come here and I, what happens to you? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how you could take your activism and put it into your art until mm -hmm. I discovered a couple of Fugard plays, uh, The Island and Sizwibanzi is Dead. And then it was like, oh, my God, finally, mm -hmm. plays that speak to my politics. See? But those are rare. Right. Mm -hmm. See? But anyway, they started this group, and they, <laughs> they went on to become... Um, very, they, they had Santana in there, put a lot of money into getting, helping the South African mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. and getting Mandela out. They brought Mandela here yeah. when he was here. Because you and Avery were like really strong in that too. Yeah, yeah, that was our thing. <coughs> we we sort of got famous doing that before the Fresh Prince. <laughs> uh, no, uh, because Avery was much a uh, much more substantial actor mm -hmm. than that Uncle Phil. Sure. Uh, he was beautiful. We liked him, but. Mm -hmm. Avery's a classically trained Shakespearean mm -hmm. actor, and his old fellow was magnificent. Mm -hmm. He did it here. And, uh, but he was also an activist. Like He wasn't um, a militant. I'm more militant than he Because <laughs> he's, well, 
when you run across brilliant men, you can't reduce them and categorize them. <laughs> they, and you see it in the book here. When I ask Robert a linear question, he will answer it in a profound, wise, and illuminating <laughs> way. And he, I didn't know I was asking all that. <laughs> I just asked what the kitchen well, let me, was. Let me <laughs> ask you, though. Yes. That, the way you just said, that's partly how you started the book, right? Well, for those, for yes. those people who didn't know. Yes. There, I write a whole section in here mm -hmm. about how, why I wanted to write the book. Mm -hmm. And it had to do with, in part, um, when, I, when, when, when I got married and we became brother-in-laws, mm -hmm. we used to... There's a 20-year difference between us, and so we had some heavy, heavy <laughs> debates <laughs> about one thing or another, <laughs> particularly politically. Um, and I didn't really know who I was talking to, guys. <laughs> no, because I had misread him. Uh -huh. By him being surrounded by white folks in them shows there, I'm looking at him a little askance. Uh, <laughs> what he thought of, he was what kind, hey, hey, what, what kind <laughs> of nigga is that? <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Not knowing anything. Mm -hmm. What I came to know, and this was after the stroke, well, we debated for 10 years about all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and, and then he had the stroke. And when he had the stroke, then I couldn't debate with him like I'm picking on him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so, I, so that was out, and I was forced to listen to him. Hmm. And for the first time, I heard the stuff coming out of his mouth, and I went, oh, my God. <laughs> That's what you were saying? Right. <laughs> you know, right. I, I was blown away. And so to answer your question here, mm -hmm. I was out there visiting with him out at the actor's home one day, and we started discussing something. I said, you know, Bob, you know, the actors need to hear this. We mm -hmm. need to... You know, we need to get this down. He said, yeah, yeah, we do. So I went out the next day <laughs> and purchased one of them little cheap tape decks <laughs> so we could talk into it. <laughs> we all did that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and wrote down a couple of questions and took them to him. And that started this series of 10 years worth of questions. <laughs> but, the, but the point was, was that we were trying to write a handbook particularly for black actors. That was my idea. Mm -hmm. I wanted something that an actor could come to town, go get that book, and it would give him some kind of road map sure. to Hollywood. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> no, Y'all had to I go in on him, didn't you? I, well, I went to the wrong man with that little <laughs> limited idea mm -hmm. because he expanded the idea to... I was at Sundance a few years ago and I was working on a play, and I'm, I'm trying to think of this white boy's name. God, he's a big actor. And we were having a beer. And he said to me, he said, listen, uh, John, don't take it personal here. I don't mean to be talking about Robert. And he says, uh, but you know what we love about Robert Guillaume? This white guy. <laughs> you know what we love about Robert Guillaume? I said, what's that? He doesn't appear to have any bones to pick oh with Oh, boy. He said that to the wrong motherfucker. Well, no, no, no. I didn't say a word. Because what really happened to me here, and I thought, boy, he sure got you, he Buffalo. He body moment, Jack. <laughs> but it's okay. Because I began to realize how clever Robert actually is. That's why he's as big as he is. He's clever. He really, he knows white folks. And he knows how to get around them. But he, he's Why not was that not the title of the book? Why was that not the title? I don't get around We wouldn't have uh, sold any. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't nobody buy that book, honey. 
But, but, the other, but, the, but the other thing <laughs> is that he's 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 a man with a straight moral compass. Right. He's straight. He would be kind of like a square dude <laughs> in real life, really square, because he believes in excellence and things like that. And uh, but his his moral compass this is what I love about him. He's so straight. He believes in fair play for everybody, even though we know what y'all did. <laughs> <laughs> And he don't get so much fair play when we start talking <laughs> that way. <laughs> but the point is, is that he al he also understands we're all human beings and we're all flawed, right. mm -hmm. each and every one of us. And to be honest about it, we're more alike than we're not. Mm -hmm. We have cultural differences. Sure. We have biological differences. Mm -hmm. But we make our babies the same way. Mm -hmm. We piss the same way. Mm -hmm. I mean, we really are human. We're of the family of man. Mm -hmm. That's really who we are. Sure. But we've been forced to have to deal with, mm -hmm. with color and race here in America. Mm -hmm. I suppose we'd be forced to deal with it all over the world. I just was reading in the paper where they said they don't, this was yesterday, they said that they don't want to make black movies with Denzel or somebody because they don't sell overseas. And that caused they me said they still say that? They still, they're still saying that. From Sony. The Sony. The so this the was Sony in the hacks. The Sony sack emails, and they were talking about oh, Denzel. It was in the email. They were talking about a whole lot of people. But wow. the thing is this. You think about it a second, guy. Mm -hmm. That don't make no sense. You see how our music is dominating okay. the world? What are you talking about? Okay. We were talking about the kids over in Korea and Japan and everywhere else. Are like bigger breakdance crews than they are here. Hey, I mean, it's like my crazy. show. <laughs> my show. Martin's show is number mm -hmm. one show in Korea today. Wow. Don't mess with us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but no, my point, my only point is, is that how can you say that when you got a Michael Jackson and you got a what? This shit sells worldwide. Absolutely. What are you talking about? You can't have an actor like Denzel or somebody else mm -hmm. who can sell movies. I just don't believe That's that. Stupid. It's not true. They said the Equalizer um, made 42% international sales. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. yeah. It was an excuse for whatever yeah. they Right, mm -hmm. right, right. Well, they've been saying this for a long time. When we revived them during the Ron O'Neill era, Superfly, <laughs> they were suffering the box. Mm -hmm. They shot that box office up with them black movies. Okay. Then they used them and then discarded them <laughs> and wouldn't send them overseas. <laughs> You're you talking right out of Lisa's mouth. Right I'm now. telling you. Oh, well, <laughs> hey, Jaws wouldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of big time movies wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. It hadn't have been for those black films mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. that got that money in there and bankrolled mm -hmm. for them to do those other movies. Mm -hmm. And the moment it's just like in the TV show. Like we talk about shows like when Fox and all those mm -hmm. new networks started, they always had black I was shows. Just about to say that. As soon as the mm -hmm. you know they started getting those shows hit, they drop all. There's those a black good shows. example of you don't know your power. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if you start to look and say, wait a minute, the network started with them black shows, and that's mm -hmm. how they got started. Yeah. Then after they then they dumped you. Right, right, right. But that's how they do. Yeah. You know, when they want to get started. Mm -hmm. We start everything in this country. I'm talking about now you're gonna think I'm bragging. Well, I'm not at all. I'm this is this is just well, the history. Keep of the it that country. really quick. We, we were talking another episode about how if black folks weren't here, it'd be really corny. Uh, and she we, said uh, we'll okay. be Canada. We both <laughs> 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 I apologize, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, Canada. Yes, but, don't uh, be mean to Canada. We, yeah, because I know we got some colored folk in Canada too. Uh, but, <laughs> if took, but if you took Canada those people, too. West Indians, the Indians, and other people, mm -hmm. you would just be boring too. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. 
Corny is a better word. I mean, corny, I mean, you're just, just, okay, corny is, I want to say corny, it's just bland, is that? Yeah, it's just. It's just not, no no spice? There's no stank on it. Well, no stank on it. Well. Joy to the Lord. Well, let me just throw this in. You know damn well that's where the Underground Railroad went. Of course. Went into Canada, you know, to escape all this mess here. I was up in Rochester doing a play up in uh, the Jiva there, and they and uh, one of our I don't know if it was Sojourner it was one of the big sisters is buried there. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The, but the whole town of Rochester, New York, mm-hmm. was so full of history. These black folks were all doing well there. They worked for Kodak, mm-hmm. but they but they were on top of the history because that was one of the stop right. last stops right. on the way. And so their graveyards are full of our historical people oh, who, yeah. along the way. Yeah. But uh, I've been to Canada a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And when I'm in Canada, I, I, I don't have to look behind my back. Hmm. Uh, I was doing a, a, the pilot for Wise Guy. And I was l- it was late at night, and there was a... a it, mm, she's from South America, gorgeous thing. She was, we were going over lines and doing... And I looked at her and said, oh, my God, it's 2 o'clock. Let me walk you to your car. So I start to walk her to her car, and we come down the hotel, and there's some white guys sitting on the, the steps there. Mm-hmm. Quite naturally, when I walk with a white woman, I'm, I'm going to look around and <laughs> make sure <laughs> things are copacetic. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, these guys didn't even look up. And that's when I went, oh, shit, I'm in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> See? And then they also asked me, I was in, in a hot tub with some of these cats, and they said, John, we don't understand what y'all, what's wrong with your country and this color business? Mm-hmm. What is that all about? I couldn't tell it's you. It's learned. I couldn't tell you. Speaking of color, let me ask you a quick question. Since I got a, a, a veteran actor on the show, now I know you know you, you guys read the shit about the British actor, actress, who said the shit about black people <laughs> really aren't. Then they, it's not in their we history. We have no theater. It's not in our history don't. to do theater. Yeah. <laughs> like, who I, said I forgot what they were talking about. I know you know she more was, about No, she was just talking about how black people, the reason why we don't do theater, we don't have a history of theater. We, basically, she's just being ignorant. <sighs> she's theater's yeah. white culture and that we don't have that type of culture. <laughs> but one of the best people who answered was mm-hmm. Wendell, uh, what's his name? Wendell, Wendell Pierce. Oh, Wendell's my boy. From yeah, The Wire. Wendell. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Wendell yeah. Pierce got on Twitter and he mm-hmm. says, obviously she don't know about the Negro theater. She doesn't know about our history. <laughs> exactly. She doesn't, like he, 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 he read in, her. Huh? He oh, read yeah. her and gave her like, mm-hmm. and in fact there were people who were reading his tweets going, black people, I had no idea we did that kind of stuff. <laughs> See, you know what I mean? But that's somebody who comes uh-huh. from theater. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, and oh, like, yeah. isn't he one of, isn't he Yale? Isn't he one of the parents? He's one of them. He wants, or Juilliard. He might have gotten Juilliard too. Yeah, but he, the black theater, he started naming names, the Negro, the Negro Theater mm-hmm. Ensemble. Mm-hmm. Like he went through and said, well, and what are you talking about? Our griots, our oral What yeah, are you right, talking right, about? Right, 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 right. What are you talking yeah, about? He went in for like two or three days. Oh, God. You know, it's funny. This is sort of a variation on this theme. I was making a movie at St. Kitts, mm-hmm. little island down there, in well, where Cicely Tyson is from. Oh, there. Okay. What? St. Kitts. She's from. Tyson? She's from Nevis. She's another West Indian. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Yes. That's Even you learned to tell you. <laughs> Y'all ain't got no jobs. <laughs> Everybody take your job. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, they asked me. To, they, they were celebrating the first anniversary of the revolution. They kicked the French out or whatever. So they asked me to help them in this celebration. They wanted to do some, quote, theater. 
But guess what? We didn't have a theater. Hmm. And the way they would do it was we would set up little skits, park on the street, do our little thing. Then you pick your thing up, move up the street, mm -hmm. and do it up here. That's what they did. But to go to your point, mm -hmm. I suspect that we've been making theater since we were way back in Africa with all those rituals and mm -hmm. dances. And yes. I suspect that was a form of theater because yeah, it was theatrical. Uh -huh. You know, I can understand a statement like that, though, if we're talking about Shakespeare's. Well, that's what she was saying. I was like, well... Um, I know there's some Greek people. Yeah, the Greeks. Who, who shaking their heads at you right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we want to talk about dramaturg and start and talking about yeah, theater right. stuff. They started. You know, I'm just saying. I'm just, you know, I'm you British, but you know, mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure there's some Greeks over here who yeah, that's right. have that's a bone right. to pick to you. And I'm. Mm -hmm. and matter of uh, fact, uh, your Shakespeare yeah. stole their shit. <laughs> you know, and it's, I, I'm sure the Kabuki Theater in Japan. Mm -hmm. yes. Would like to have some words with you too, <laughs> you know, and uh, the people. Uh, you, she must have been an elitist. Well, I'm sure. I mean, that's when I read it. I, I knew immediately from the tone. Like I just reading it, I can mm. hear the tone mm. and the upturned nose. Mm. Well, that's that, an, you know she that kind of thing. Sounds like an elitist. And yeah. and the fact that the person who interviewed her liked. Okay. Can y'all come collect your people sometime? Do you not, <laughs> when you see it, do you just not just like pull their coattails and be like, look, you know, <laughs> you know when I publish this. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you? Because you're like, gold mine. It's going to go viral. <laughs> okay, it's for page clicks. That's what exactly. it's where it comes down to. I'm going to be the hero of the whole uh, department. You know, but it was just like, but yeah, she's a much older actress and she comes from that, that mold yeah. who thinks that. And it yeah. was just, it was eye-rolling because it's like, man. She used to roll with Olivier yeah. and shit. She thought it's she like, was cool. Obviously, Ooh. you don't know anything about world theater mm -hmm. and world culture because to think that Shakespeare is the end-all, the be-all. We're, debunk I mean, we're one debunking of, a yeah. whole lot of that in the book. Yeah. I asked Robert at a certain point about, uh, do you think it's uh, relevant to study Shakespeare? And, <laughs> and he says, yeah. <laughs> but that ain't the answer to everything at all. It, uh, well, mm. he's much more clear on mm -hmm. it, but his whole point is is that that's a very small part of what is required sure. mm -hmm. from you. Right. You know, because an actor, if he can bring his own history into his work, that separates him from everybody else. Sure. I'd never believed in competition, Hilliard. I always thought... Well, yeah, me and you reading for the same role, but we're not competing, mm -hmm. from my per per point of view. Whoever's the baddest motherfucker going to get this. There's no competition <laughs> there. That's because that's it's somebody who used to book and everything. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh. and I can't say anything, but that's kind of true. I, but, but I would even shock myself sometimes. You want to battle me? Okay. You, know, you want to step to the mic? You know what? You, you get on a low roll, and you... Hopefully it rolls for a while, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I no, I, I dare not say a word because I've had a very, very good run mm -hmm. being a black man in America, yeah. getting any jobs. It says a lot, mm -hmm. and this isn't a place where they cater to. You've me. embraced the fact that you're a character actor, though. Well, you know, yeah. While I was trained, to to they don't know how to embrace that. You know that. what? I'm but glad those are the best actors. Yeah. But you know what? I'm glad you bring that up. Um, they, I'm a, of course, you know, I had to study it. Yes. And what they taught me, oh, God, it turned out to be so good. Look, there's Billy D. Williams and there's Denzel. Mm -hmm. John Wesley don't feel like he in that league. <laughs> now, he may be okay, mm -hmm. but he don't. This is just me. Mm -hmm. So thank God I can do other people mm -hmm. so that you don't focus on this look so much. Mm -hmm. 
I'm too busy taking you to other places mm -hmm. with this look. I never wear makeup, mm -hmm. but I can assume another character because mm -hmm. I'm trained like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And that's the only reason I think I've had a career because if it was based on pretty boy looks, you're limited, right. as Billy D found out. Right. And really Denzel, too. Mm -hmm. Denzel's our one guy. You know, they mm -hmm. give us one at a time. Mm -hmm. It was Sydney, and then there was Denzel. <laughs> one, one, one every decade. They do. One older one, one younger one. That's it. Like, That's the way it goes. Yeah. You know, we've got others. You know, other guys, but they're not a matinee idol. Yeah, they don't have longevity. Out. They don't have what he's sure. got. He's a good-looking fellow. Mm -hmm. When you sit with him, <laughs> when I'm in New York and we go to, out to a bar or something, the next thing I know, the women are running they, in twos, <laughs> all, in the out, all the way the out the door and down the street <laughs> trying to get an autograph from him or something. You know, mm -hmm. he's very accessible mm -hmm. like that. But yikes, it's surrealistic. Mm -hmm. But that's what, how he got it. Yeah. You know, he's got it like that. Yeah. He's our only matinee idol. Mm. You see what I mean? Now, there are other actors, I can assure you, who could be there for mm -hmm. if allowed. But the way the business works yeah. for us is that there's all these other roles. But yeah, because the they're trying to make Idris, but he's British. <laughs> trying to make Idris be one of those. Well, they're easing him in. Yeah. They they try to find guys. They late, though. We already knew that back in the day. They mm -hmm. just now discovering, oh, yeah, we yeah, put sure. him in here. It's like, y'all, I swear to God, y'all <laughs> need to let me just be an executive. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> I'm so proud of your sister, though, Chandra. <sighs> Boy, I am really proud of her. She's impressive. Yeah. And then took ABC to where they went in that night. Okay. Uh, we call that what? Uh, Shonda, I mean, what she got? Shonda four shows, bitch. Yeah. She's four shows, she, and they <laughs> and they're good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're I wasn't top. watching Scandal too much because I don't like black women sleeping with white men. <laughs> men. Well, I don't have a problem with it. It's just that they just got to be attractive to me too. It's like them, them two ain't some catches, but you put a Tom Hardy up in there <laughs> and a couple other folks. No, uh, well, be, be see, in business. see, but exactly. me, I don't like none of it. So since yeah. you ain't gonna have no black man doing that with white women, don't do that with us. You watching like some British shows? British? You okay, got, there we uh, go back to British. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll do it all day long, and the race will never come up. See, see. Never. Oh my God, I'm watching a show now called uh, "What well, Was Out" a couple years ago. But we're America, we just late. Mm -hmm. uh, Black Mirror. We heard mm -hmm. about Black Mirror, the anthology show. It's like a contemporary Twilight Zone, but it's a British show. Uh, so many colored people. And mm -hmm. every episode, to pretty much, you know, mm -hmm. but it's like, man, they don't have a problem at all. You mm -hmm. have people, Indians, black people, all color spectrum, and don't even blink. Mm -hmm. Whereas over here, we would see a show like, oh my God, they got a, some colored people on TV. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. you well, know, it's such a Remember, they here. beat us out of the slavery game by a long shot. They stopped, dropped that slavery mess long before this country dropped mm -hmm. it. Oh, we hold on to so, so much stuff. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and it looks like. Mm -hmm. It looks like slavery hadn't gone very far because I think what happened when we saw the brother being choked out in New York, mm -hmm. we all knew this. Black folk knew yeah, this. Yeah, not new. But nobody had really seen it mm -hmm. so graphically. Mm -hmm. You know, we See, the camera idea is okay, but we watched that camera when they were beating Rodney King. Exactly. We're looking right at it and they still got to quit it. It's so funny. I don't mm -hmm. know why we were so shocked. Like, we got no fear. I was like, okay, clearly <laughs> history 
Basically, we even have to watch riot on film. Basically, your ass never was sitting out on the corner with your homies, and one of them got jacked up. That's that's what happened. It's like when you walk around, I have no idea. It's like, well, clearly you ain't been walking around the same streets I do. (laughs) Oh, let me just say this about the book for those listeners out there: the book's released in I don't know several different countries all around the world. It's international. So all you have to do is go to Amazon Kindle Books and clock in Robert's name and this book will come up mm-hmm. and order your copy. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's been released in several countries mm-hmm. for for the listeners out mm-hmm. there who aren't in the United States. You guys States. about to start touring with it? Well, we're trying to set up the tour. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to write a book and then you got to sell it. Right, right. <laughs> That's a whole other thing right, there. Right, sure. But if we get the right publicist and they'll bring a, they'll bring Good Morning America to Absolutely. us or whatever, we, we won't have to go to New York mm-hmm. to do all of that. Because sure. I don't think it's totally unfair to Robert. He's 87 years mm-hmm. old. We don't be running him all over the country mm-hmm. with this. <laughs> Scraping him up off the ground. You know. No, no, no. Seriously, his wife, Donna Brown-Guillaume, is, and I too, um, we we look at Robert, and we're, we're very much concerned. We don't want to tax him. Mm-hmm. But I did tell him, if we do get on the road, you know you ain't going to be doing nothing but transferring from one chair to another because I'm going to sure. be pushing you in that wheelchair. <laughs> you ain't walking nowhere, right. you know what I mean? Right. But still, it's it's a matter of energy. Right. Mm-hmm. And as much as he'd like to do it because right. he loves New York and wants to get there, It'd probably be a little t- little hard on him. So if we can get around that, we will. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'll have to make a trip there, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and get the word out. Yeah. Because the thing about New York that separates New York from Hollywood, one of the other things is that their local press is international. Right. Yeah, the local, the Tony Award is a local award. It's not a, but it takes on international proportion. Mm-hmm. But it's really just a local New York City award. You know, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. But anything that happens in New York takes on bigger, sure. a bigger scale, mm-hmm. which is why the actor's smart if he starts out in New York and then comes to Hollywood. Don't come running in here. Of course, it's changed a lot, but it hasn't changed that much for us. Mm. In other words, you need to have some, some, some kind of credentials. That's why we worked all the time. It was no accident. They looked at the resume and said, these niggas here know what they're doing. (laughs) You know, him and that big, big, big nigga there, big James Avery. (laughs) Well, we got lucky. There was a casting director here by the name of Melvin Johnson when we came to town. And he was an old friend of ours from San Diego. Mm. So we'd been here a couple of weeks. And so we said, let's get the layout on this town. Let's go Mm -hmm. see Melvin. Went over to Universal. He was casting Miami Vice and all that. So he said to, uh, we caught up. Hey, man, how you been? Blah, blah, blah. He said, all right, John, let me start with you. He said, you're going to work. You're going to work because you're a good actor and all that. But you ain't going to really get your work till you get some gray in your hair. Because, see, they ain't going to know what to That's do right. with you. You're articulate. You're black. You're uh-uh, educated. They are not going to know what to do with you. <laughs> you you cannot play thief number five. <laughs> I know. You don't do jive turkey <laughs> food too well. Huh? There's a story in the book about being Michael... Michael Love was in McMahon. What's the what's the big director? Michael Michael Mann. Mann? Yeah, mm-hmm. he cast me in Crime Story to play a uh, gangster, mm-hmm. but then he called me in the trailer and said, uh, "I can't give you a lot of lines, John, because 
you guys are all gangsters, but when you open your mouth, you sound like a college professor. <laughs> <laughs> so Robert said, boy, that would have been interesting, don't you think? Yeah. 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 So he kind of screwed up. He should have let you. Y'all would have been like the wire ahead of time. Yeah. You see? Mm-hmm. But at any rate, uh, I just want to make sure that people really understand that this game that we we call it art, and if we're artists, we want to put our own stamp on the work, and we need you to be authentic and honest mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. I know it says acting. Yeah. <laughs> But we need your honesty, or we're not going to believe it, and then we're going to throw you out in, under the bus, as right. they say. Right. We're not going to look at your work anymore because it looks like, what's he doing? Right. Yeah, I'm not believing any of that. Right. So, what we're really trying to get people to do is to trust yourself. Trust yourself. Whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. you're writing, you're, don't let anybody stop you. Mm. Keep pushing. You dig? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you thinking? That's your Yeah. On that note, <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. good. Thank you, John. Thank you. John Wesley, y'all. Y'all need to go out and get that book. Yes. Tell them what it's called one more time. Secrets and Musings. Take a Look at Yourself by Robert Guillaume, narrated by John Wesley. Yeah, so it's you a see, pretty you book, sound, too, ain't you it? You sound better. Yes. Is that yeah. a pretty book? It's nice. It's got you that's two nice. on the cover. Mm-hmm. Look at y'all all pimped out. Oh, look at that back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shot of me in here. Uh-huh. See, you sound better singing it than I do. I was like, let me let me get John's voice one more time. Mm-hmm. So, um, can people find you anywhere besides that? You anywhere? You on the internet anywhere? What you do? Me? I don't know what I'm doing. You <laughs> <laughs> just looking, out and about hanging I, around. Listen, I don't get on the. I go on the internet <laughs> right. and I go to Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't do anything. I don't put <laughs> stuff in. I don't take pictures and put me. <laughs> I don't know how to do any of that stuff. <laughs> I'm still in the backwoods. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got an iPhone. That's I never knew how to do it except. Uh, well, you can text yeah. though. You get a text. I'll give you that. Yeah, well, we can text. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But no, I, I never That's ever. I've gotten pretty good. I got a Mac so mm-hmm. a few years ago. So I, I started learning quite a bit about right. how to maneuver. But it, but that book, all of it was done over the in- internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything had mm-hmm. to be done over the internet. And luckily, luckily, I had a buddy who knew how to, when they'd send me stuff, I said, mm-hmm. what is this? And she knew how to, <laughs> oh, no, John, this is going to, mm-hmm. and thank God for the editor. <laughs> yes. Some, gr- exactly. some really, really, really lovely photos in mm-hmm. here. We've got Robert on here from when he did the voice from The Lion King. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that was classic. Oh, There's a, I tried to get him to talk a, about that because that's one of his popular characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another thing, and I didn't say it on the radio, but he got two, two Emmys for the same role. Wow. <laughs> he got an Emmy for Best Supporting Actor mm-hmm. in Soap. And then got an Emmy for Best Actor in Benson. Interesting. And that's why I was overdoing Kelsey Grammer's show. Well, that's show. fair. <laughs> you should have seen how Kelsey did mm-hmm. when he saw Avery. Mm-hmm. When he saw uh, Robert. Mm-hmm. Man, he flew across the floor and almost genuflected. Because really? Robert's in a league over here mm-hmm. with those Emmys and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And got a Grammy for the voice of Rafiki. Too. Mm-hmm. So he, he sits in a league by himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Is this thing still on? Mm-hmm. We're still on. We yeah. I'm sorry. I would have shared that show. with you. I I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I you project I w- good enough. I'm hoping no, no. it'll come I thought, I thought we were wrapped <laughs> up. Good thing I didn't curse. <laughs> 
Actually, too late I, for that. I too love late. this. <laughs> you can come over here and curse all you want. <laughs> so, Lisa, where can they find you at? Girl? Oh, I'm on Twitter. And you can also find me at bitchflix.com. So, mm-hmm. if you want to read some of my film criticisms and, you know, me talking stuff. <laughs> Talk, talk you stuff stuff. You t- yes, <laughs> <laughs> professional agitator, street right. nerdist at your service. You take you me back to the seventies. Uh, you know what? I'm a seventies baby. Mm-hmm. I can dig it. I'm, hey, I always call her a '69 sister because that's when everybody was. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. hey, hey, hashtag Cuba, hashtag keep Asada Shakur free, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't going nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's what's up, y'all. And I'm your host, Hilliard Gas. And a special shout out to my girl Lisa Banks for sitting Lisa! in the game. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so you guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guess, or you can listen to the show and um, tweet with us and, you know, give us those uh, retweets and stuff like that. We like that. <clears throat> Excuse me, at ScreenwritersRR. Or if you want to send us an email, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. That's what's up. So y'all know what to do. We're going to keep it. I was about to say 2015. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 2015. Wait, 115. No, 1,000. See, I can't even think straight. You might as okay. well say 2015. Yeah, <laughs> so on this show, y'all know what to do. We keep it street. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what? 1,015. 1015. Peace, y'all. 2015, people. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone got one, what's your opinion? This is the ramp room, tongues won't be bitten Ain't no rules, just spill it And anybody can get it, no limit We get to kill it, you tuning in to the thrillers And no, ain't no stopping Any topic, even the random I hope that you ready, we entering in the zone soon We on a grown shit, welcome to the ramp room